What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTB Ravens Media, bringing you Ravens content every single day. If you want to see that daily Ravens content, please make sure to hit the subscribe button down below. Uh, but this is the Trust the Bank podcast. You see myself and Joshua. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, and what will happen if you've never seen the show before, if you've never seen the podcast before, uh, we got three segments that we'll be going over. We'll be talking about uh, Hollywood in this video. Um, we'll be talking about Hayden Hurst in the next one. And then we got this, this stupid segment coming out. Uh, but if you really want to hear all those segments, they will be up on the podcast platforms um, on Spotify, on Apple, um, on, you know, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to that and you can listen to all three segments um, at one time, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, going to be probably about 45 minutes. So three segments, you know, four, 15 minutes each ish. Uh, but the first thing is something that I saw on Twitter yesterday a lot, uh, which is pretty surprising. But all of a sudden, there's been like this movement of people that are all about trading Hollywood Brown. Um, what do you think about that, Joshua? Just like, man, that, it was it's just like out of nowhere. Just like, let's trade Hollywood. What, honestly, what do you think? Honestly, it doesn't make sense to me, nor will it. Um... No, nah, it just doesn't make sense to me. I can't even get my, I can't even formulate my words, uh, <laughs> because like, what's the purpose of trading the Hollywood? Is it because we got Samuel Hawkins? Is it because you know we drafted Rashad Bateman? I mean, this young man can, you know, he can get you over five hundred yards plus over over a season. He can get you the touchdowns. Um, is it because he's not separating from the wide receivers, or is it because of the comment that he made a year ago about you know you're not using this? not using the soldiers i mean I'm, I'm i'm trying to figure out you know what's the reason behind fans letting him go is it to send him to atlanta and make him the next uh tyler gabriel and get julio jones like is that is that what we're doing here or maybe send him to arizona and give Kyler murray another weapon <laughs> and Kyler murray get to a super bowl before uh lamar jackson and then y'all yeah. be uh and then ravens fans will be uh super pissed off Oh, well, man, we said trade him, but not trade him to another good team. Well, hey, that was that was the only person. That's the only team that was available that was willing to take yeah. the willing to bite on that trade. So to say, like, you know, let's trade Hollywood. Y'all got to give me a, I got to give me a strong reason for me to agree with it. And then that is the only receiver, in my opinion, that Lamar Jackson has the strongest connection with. And I don't see, I don't see that break. I don't see that breakup coming coming anytime soon. And personally, um, if that if, if the breakup does happen in the near future, I think their their growth is going to um, and their potential without each other is going to it's going to it's going to decline. I'm saying it right now because you yeah. know they just have that strong connection. You know they make each other better. You know. They come. They, I think in the, I think in the beginning of his rookie season, uh, Hollywood lived with Lamar. You know, of course they come to the games. They leave out together. You know, they've been working out together, stuff like that. It's is literally a brother. You know, connection with those two guys. So uh, I, don't, I don't know about the. I don't know about some of my Ravens fans. They they must just signed on maybe about a year or two ago, um, <laughs> and don't realize that we haven't haven't really we haven't had any. Real good wide receiver. I mean, the only wide receiver connection and quarterback connection that was really uh, shown, I would say Joe Facco and Torrey Smith. But other than that, yeah, I can't really remember nobody. Yeah, that was homegrown. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, we've always had the quarterback to tight end duo, the the Flacco Pittas, the uh, mm-hmm. the Lamar to Mark Andrews. But for me, I'm gonna say right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't even trade Hollywood for Julio Jones straight up. And people may think oh, that's so stupid. Why, why would you ever think that? Um, but here's why: Hollywood is is probably Lamar Jackson's best friend in the NFL. We're trying to sign this man to a contract extension. You don't trade your best, the best friend of the guy you're trying to keep long term. Make it make Why sense. would you do that? Make There's no sense. way he's signing that contract <laughs> extension. Unless you went to him and you were like, hey, Lamar, we're going to trade Hollywood. Unless you don't want to see. Then he'd be like, you're still like trying to shop my best friend. I mean, like, look at what Lamar's been trying to do for his friends. Um, Jalen Smith, he got, you know, undrafted, tried to get him on the team. You know, the Ravens had him to the practice squad. He, he played, I think, in the preseason. I think it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he tried to get him on. Now we got Dante Silencio. Still don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but a high school teammate of Lamar. Um, you know, signed to the signed to the Ravens for the practice squad, uh, potentially, you know, trying to make the team. But, you know, Lamar's trying to give his buddies some help. Heck, even Tyler Huntley, um, you know, from the same area, you know, Lamar's rival from high school, you know, good buddies now, like all those types of things. Lamar is trying to help the guys that, you know, he grew up with. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, in the draft process, he was talking with Eric DaCosta and was like, yeah, my guy Hollywood. I mean, we saw Lamar's reaction when they drafted Hollywood. Like he was so happy when, when, you know, he got his, his buddy Hollywood from, from Florida to come down and, and be able to play with him. And now like, you know, talking about trading him, it's his best friend. Like, why would you stay with a team that trades away your best friend um, from your team? Even if it was to get Julio Jones, Lamar doesn't, Lamar doesn't have an agent and, and that's not a bad thing. You know, you can do what you want. Uh, but that shows that, like, for him, it's it's like it's personal. He wants to be in there doing the negotiations. He wants to be the guy talking with EDC to making those decisions. Um, you know, he didn't sign an agent. You know, when he got drafted, he wanted to be the one talking. You know, him and his mom were talking, and they were like, mm-hmm. like it's a very personal thing for him, and you know, and his mom, and trading away somebody's best friend. Like, if you have an agent, the agent would be like, all right, man, you know. Yeah, it's your good friend, but I, I got to tell you, man, you know, he's not going to help us win a Super Bowl. Uh, you want to win Super Bowls, you got to go get Julio Jones. And, and I understand ball. that perspective. <laughs> but Lamar doesn't have that perspective. Lamar's all about, you know, doing it for his hometown, doing yeah. it for his guys, uh, and winning that Super Bowl his way. Uh, you know, he, he wouldn't switch to wide receiver to win a Super Bowl. He would play quarterback and win the Super Bowl his own way. And Hollywood Brown is his guy. Um, he will always stick up for Hollywood Brown, um, and I, I really don't see that the Ravens trading him. Like even if even if it could be smart, like like I said, you know, if the Ravens traded Hollywood and like mm-hmm. a third round pick for Julio, mm-hmm. that'd be a great trade. Like value wise, that'd be amazing for one year, you know. But Lamar wouldn't. There's a good chance then Lamar doesn't resign, and then you're like, oh crap. Not only did we get a rental for Julio, but we got a, we got, you know, we lost our chance on Lamar Jackson for the future. And that's so critical. And I think people are really overlooking that. Um, What happened with Deshaun Watson? Like, what happened to Aaron Rodgers? 
This guy's got these guys got pissed off by their general management and they wanted out. That was the whole problem. You know, Deshaun, all of a sudden they trade his best wide receiver, and he's like, What the heck are you guys doing? Right. Aaron Rodgers is like, Man, y'all didn't tell me anything. Uh, that was Aaron Rodgers' whole problem. He was like, You guys aren't telling me anything. I want wide receivers, I want an offensive line, and they're like, We give you a quarterback. He's like, What the Man, give me a wide receiver. I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to throw to Marquez Valdez Scantling. And now he may retire. He may, I mean, he's already requested the trade. Like, I, I don't think Lamar's the type of guy where they would be like, you know, oh, we traded Hollywood. And he'd be like, <coughs> I'm gone. I'm gone. But it would put that, it would start to put that doubt because I think right now he's like, I want to be a Raven. Like, absolutely 100%. I don't think he's contemplating leaving. Mm-hmm. But if we trade his best friend, then, then all of a sudden, that that those thoughts start creeping in, um, and that's not not good whatsoever. You can't piss off your quarterback when you're trying to negotiate a contract extension. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> if right. you sign yeah, Lamar to the contract extension, maybe trade Hollywood. It's still a pretty you know bad move. You know, not a nice move, not respectable, but at least it wouldn't be like. Completely hurting the team. I don't think EDC's trading them, but like, what would it take for you, Joshua, to trade Hollywood? What would you have to get? Honestly, it's it's not going to be Julio Jones. You got to give me somebody like Allen Robinson, uh, Henry Ruggs, heck, Justin Jefferson or Jamal Chase. You have to give me someone that has to be over the top, somebody I can see, you know, being part of the franchise for years. And if you're willing to uh, tank, because let's be real, I feel like if Lamar Jackson is loyal to the Ravens, he's loyal to Baltimore. You know, and I love the fact that you know, you know, he he has Baltimore in his heart. You know, for the simple fact that you know we don't we we're the team that gave him a chance to play. You know, his his role as a quarterback. But do I feel like it's opportunities out there for him to thrive somewhere else, possibly Washington, um, maybe. Uh, there's so many other teams. Maybe even Minnesota. Hey, uh, well, it, it, could it happen? Yeah. If if y'all got to be willing to go through that dark that dark year and go draft that quarterback from Clemson because he's going to be a top he's going to be a top five pick. I think it's um he came from Saint he come from Saint John Bosco. He's like I think his name uh, DJ last name starts with an O. I can't pronounce it right now, but you know he's he's going to be a freshman freshman this year at Clemson. So uh, I can see him being at Clemson for maybe two, two, two years, and then you know, maybe uh, maybe us going at him because if you get a if you get like an Allen Robinson, if you get a Justin Jefferson, if you get a Jamar Chase, stuff, uh, a wide receiver to add on the opposite side of the Rashad Bateman, you know, and G. Rowe actually puts in a passing a passing game. Um, Maybe this will maybe this will definitely be the uh, the defining year of us actually making it to the Super Bowl because we have been Super Bowl contenders since 2018. You know, ever since Lamar Jackson came in and took over the rest of the season and got us into the playoffs. So uh, it would yeah. it would have to be a big splash for me to agree with the uh, Mark with the Hollywood trade. I don't I know it's not going to happen, but you know you know some Ravens fans going to say, "Damn, Joshua." Uh, just give up the whole house. I mean, hell, you talking about giving up half the house? Excuse me. In Hollywood, I mean, we are building that. You know, this this offensive foundation, brick by brick. 
you started off with a quarterback who was, you know, is our franchise quarterback. All right, bet. Now let's go ahead and get him, you know, some offensive linemen. You got Ronnie Stanley. Then you get Orlando Brown Jr. Then you add somebody from his hometown in a, in, in a, as a um, – as a uh, as a key weapon in a in a marquise, then yeah. you get tight ends, Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, stuff like that. You know, you can't you can't start building a foundation and then um, start taking pieces away when we're just a brick away or a piece away from getting to where we want to be, which is a Super Bowl and, and winning it. So yeah, you can't you can't take the bottom corner of the Egyptian pyramid mm-hmm. because you're missing a pier- you're missing a piece at the top. It, it, it doesn't work like that. You know, you yeah. got to do it in another way. Um, you know, I think that, you know, my, my opinion, the only way we do this trade is if Lamar Jackson comes to Eric DeCosta and says trade Hollywood, which would never happen. Um, like for me, like it, it's pretty disrespectful. I've made so I've, I've talked about the Hollywood Brown disrespect so many times. It, People got to chill on like the disrespect. Like, what numbers do they want him to put up? Like, he puts up decent numbers, especially in this offense. He's putting up about 750 yards on average a season and about seven, eight touchdowns in a fully run heavy team. He's the only wide receiver that's producing. Like, like, oh, wow, the wide receivers help. It's like, yeah, but like, we don't use them. And like, all the other wide receivers are doing horrible. Hollywood's actually playing well, and in, in the playoffs, he plays amazing. But let me let us know in the comments down below what you guys think about Hollywood Brown. You know, kind of a possible trade. If you have a trade that you would like, yeah, I'd do this. Um, even if Lamar didn't like it, let us know. Uh, thank you all for watching. Subscribe, Daily Ravens content. But uh, let's get into this next segment because uh, this came from um, the live stream that we did yesterday, the live with the viewers or people that are watching this um, on Monday. Uh, they'll be like, okay, that was two days ago, but yeah, uh, shout out, shout out to that live stream. So much fun. Shout out to all you guys that came in and participated. Shout out to, uh, today. shout out to Howard for coming on and joining the stream. Um, the next one, I, I don't know, um, what time it'll be at, but it will be this weekend. I, I, I'm still figuring that out, but, um, somebody said in the chat and they talked about Hayden Hurst, um, and they were just like, man, I, I really wish we still had Hayden Hurst. And, um, uh, it wasn't really a question or anything like that, but, it kind of got me thinking after after the uh, you know the live stream, and I was like, okay. And I'm Josh. I'm going to present you with a question right here. Mm-hmm. Did we lose the Hayden Hurst trade? No, not in my opinion. Um, I, as a player, I understand that you know Hayden Hurst wanted to be the premier tight end. You know. It was it was a crowd it was a crowded tight end room for him. Um, can we say that we messed with a little bit of his growth? We can say that, um, but let's let's think about it. He did start the season off with a injury um, that gave that that gave the opportunity for Mark Andrews to shine and grow, which he did. Now, once Hayden Hurst got back, you know he was just pretty much trying to get in where he fit, fit in. And, you know he, he he was he was honest with uh, EDC. You know say hey man I don't. I don't think it's going to work out, you know, and they went out in ADC, you know, shopped around and got a, and got that pick. Um, we used that, correct me if I'm wrong, we used that pick to get uh, our now premier running back. Yes. <laughs> so I definitely don't feel like, you know, we lost out. I don't know if 
don't I don't know if Hayden Hurst is still gonna be with Atlanta since Kyle Pitts um been drafted. I think he wants out is the thing. I, I believe what I've heard is that he wants out. Um okay. so you know, unfortunate so for Atlanta. It's, 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 it's like it's it's like he keeps on it's like a hit or miss with Hayden Hurst right now. You know, he has potential. He is the all-around, you know, tight end as far as blocking, good route running, good hands, you know, decent enough speed, things of that nature. But he just hasn't been in a system where he can truly shine. You know, he just he's teeter-tottering. So I really don't feel like we're missing out. And the Ravens, y'all have to realize, we make, you know, when, when, when a pressure is applied, you can make dominance. And that's what we do. We apply a lot of pressure on every position in the room, and we make the best of it. Whether it's from yeah. tight end, offensive lineman, um, only 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 time we didn't apply the pressure and we didn't make diamonds is maybe quarterback and wide receiver. Uh, but running backs, every other position, you know, we've done what we've done. You know, so uh, I I really don't feel like you know we lost out in Hayden Hurst. We could have I could have, could we see a possible reunion? I would take it. I would. I definitely wouldn't mind. You know, taking it back. You know, because at, at the end of the day, when we saw last season, you know, nothing's wrong with depth. And maybe switching in a Hayden Hurst for a Mark Andrews in those games where we really needed those contested catches and, you know, the yardage and stuff like that. Hey, maybe if Hayden was there, he may could have did the same thing or he could have did better. We wouldn't know. So um, I don't think we I don't think we uh, we lost out on that. But, you know, I'd definitely be. Um, inviting to a uh, Hayden Hurst reunion. Yeah, I mean, you look at the trade. I mean, we traded, you know, Hayden Hurst when he asked for a trade. This isn't something that we just pulled out of our back pocket. Um, you know, when we talk, you know, so many people are disappointed about losing him. He wanted to leave. Th- mm-hmm. This wasn't a. This wasn't a. Oh no! Like he wanted to be the guy. Um, you know, he was drafted in the first round with our first pick before Lamar Jackson. And in that same draft, we drafted another tight end in Mark Andrews. Um, and, of course, Mark, I, I'm pretty sure we did. I, I think that's what happened, honestly. Yeah, I think I really, Mark was third round. Yeah, Mark Mark third round um, alongside Orlando um, and things like that. Man, that was a good draft. Um, but but you look at you know what they did, and, and he came in, and he was the tight end one. Um, for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, this dude named Mark Andrews came in, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this guy who was a excellent pass catcher came in." But like people, people need to remember, Hayden Hurst was very old when he was drafted. He was a former baseball player that went pro, then went back to college after he got the the yips um, trying to pitch, um, and so then he had to go back and and like start playing tight end at South Carolina, and then got drafted. He was like, I, I think he was like twenty five. Uh, maybe he was 24, yeah. like definitely older. So his development process was going to be um, a lot lower. His ceiling is going to be lower. Um, but like he wanted out. Um, and anytime you trade a player that wants out and get a second round pick for him, like, like that's amazing. Like people are talking about Atlanta getting a second round pick for Julio Jones. We got a second round pick for Hayden Hurst. And he's getting he got replaced after one year, you know, with with Kyle Pitts. 
and and honestly, Kyle Pitts would replace almost any tight end he gets drafted to. But they're sitting there at, at number four with an aging quarterback, and they got Justin Fields on the clock. And I'm a massive Justin Fields fan. And they were like, now we need a tight end. Like, like one, that's going to ruin his confidence. I feel I feel sorry for Hayden Hurst. That that does upset me, you know, that he's not really getting a full opportunity because he is a good football player. But yeah. in Baltimore, um, you look at what we have. And last year, like, people are like, oh, if we had the three tight ends. We didn't even have two tight ends last year. Nick Boyle was hurt the whole year. Like, it was Mark Andrews and Patrick Ricard. Um, and yeah, we tried to sub in some some pretty piss poor um, tight ends like uh, Luke Wilson and things like that. It didn't work at all. But like, we need three okay tight ends. And Nick Boyle, very very good at what he does. Mark Andrews, obviously very very good at what he does, except for catching the ball over the middle. Um, but um, <laughs> you know, we all we need is like one final decent tight end. Um, who is that going to be? I think it's going to be the weapon, Josh Oliver. Uh, but it could be Ben Mason. Um, it could be any of the million practice squad tight ends that we have that are trying to make the team because there's a whole lot of guys that actually yeah. got some skill that aren't Luke Wilson. Um, but, like, we got some guys that, that are going to be able to compete. And, like, we're going to have three tight ends this year. That That is a guarantee. Um, but, like, last year was an off year because our second tight end got injured and we hadn't replaced Hayden Hurst yet. Um I, I mean, you know, maybe we tried to do it with uh, Breland, but, like, he got hurt. So, like, there's nothing that we could have done with that. You know, he he had possibilities, but, like, Hayden Hurst is re- replaceable, unfortunately. Like, mm-hmm. finding an average overall well-balanced tight end, that is not rare whatsoever. You look at this last draft, there were about eight tight ends that were Wow, this guy's a balanced tight end that can go over the middle of the cat. You know, we even signed an undrafted free agent, uh, Tommy Poljan, or some. Sorry, definitely pronounced that wrong. Maybe even got the name wrong. Uh, but the tight end out of Virginia. You look up scouting reports. Oh, he's a well balanced tight end. He can block. He, he's kind of physical and he can catch. That's what most tight ends are nowadays. Uh, you know, every once in a while we get the the Kyle Pitts, the uh, wow, the you know the Mark Andrews, where it's like, yeah, this guy's a, this guy's a pass catcher. They're, they're yeah. not a blocker; they're just pass catcher. All we need is a balanced guy, which is the most common type of tight end. Uh, we even traded a seventh round pick for one. So like, we we can't just like keep expecting like, oh yeah, if we had Hayden Hurst, we wouldn't have J.K. Dobbins. And Mark Ingram was horrible last year. Like, if we had Mark Ingram playing the entire year, we may not. I don't think we would have made the playoffs. Like, no, not at he all. was so – and it wasn't – I don't think it's Mark Ingram's fault. Mark Ingram is old, um, and people that have gotten older, I think they understand that when you're when you're 20, um, you can go out there and you can play a football game with no warm-up, no stretch, you know, or, you know, maybe, maybe you can just show up and play some pickup basketball or something like that, you know. No stretch, you're good. Like, you can go out there, you can play well. When you hit, you know, when you're 30 or 35 and all of a sudden you pull up to that pickup basketball court, you're like, man, I got to start stretching. Um, we did not get our training camp, our off-season programming. So the older guys were hurt more by that than the younger guys. The younger guys mentally were hurt by it, but physically they were okay to go. Whereas the older guys, like, their body wasn't ready. Um, they need that, those, you know those practice reps, those training camp reps, um, and things like that. So Mark Ingram, maybe he would have been better at the end of the season, but like he really struggled, and I think it's because of that. I think he'll probably be better in Houston this year, but overall, 
how can you lose out on the trade of a player where we got instant? Like when we got that value, I was like, what? We got a second round pick for Hayden Hurst, who was our backup tight end. Yeah. Um, maybe, and he was, in my opinion, the third most important tight end. Uh, because I felt like Nick Boyle, what he brings is more important than, you know, the balanced tight end attack. And then we missed Nick Boyle the whole year. So, of course, our tight end play is going to be poor. But that just shows how much of an improvement it will be when we just get Nick Boyle back. So, I don't know, Ravens fans. I'm sorry, we, we didn't lose that trade whatsoever. That was like a massive victory. Um, oh, oh, like, I don't think it could have been more of a victory. We got a stud running back. Uh, like, our future at running back is solidified. And unfortunately, we lost our backup at the position. If Nick Boyle didn't get hurt, there would be no Ravens fans complaining about losing our tight end. Like, oh, no, we lost our third best tight end. Like, what? Like, we got tight ends now. Um, so it, it we didn't lose it whatsoever. But do you have anything else to add on to that, Joshua? Um, just the simple fact that, you know, uh, like like you said, if, if we would have kept Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram, he's he's a competitor. And Mark Ingram was truly battling through injuries and trying to show that he still got it as a number one back. Mark, I love what he – and granted, you know, I, I, I think we can all agree on this. We love the energy that he brought on the offensive side of the ball. Um, to me, he did actually remind me of the voice in a Ray Lewis, you know. He got them guys pumped. He, you know, he always slapping, giving people high fives, all that type of energy, man. He was just a – you know, a good dude to be around, charismatic. Yeah. And he, he, when it came to Lamar Jackson, we already know what it, we already know what his slogan was. You know, you can meet me outside the bank. So, um, man, I, you know, I love Ravens. I love Ravens Nation, man. You know, they 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 keep us going. They make us all always think. But you know, we also have to be realist in some situations, and. You know, if Hayden Hurst was there, with everything he had going on, what if he was? What if he was that second guy or that premier guy, and he got hurt? Then what? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 hard to you know say like, oh, you know, if we would have been this if we had this guy, we would have been that if we had this guy. We don't know how everyone is going to work in a system that we have created you know, in order for us to prosper. So, um, you know, I'm definitely happy that, you know, Hayden Hurst demanded the trade. I'm I'm happy that we got a second pick. I'm happy that we got our, uh, our future and premier running back out of J.K. Yeah. Diamonds, Ray Rice 2.0, you know. So, you know, you know, the best of luck to Hayden Hurst, you know, hopefully he finds some way where he can thrive, maybe like Chicago or maybe even, um, maybe even a Minnesota, you know, teams like yeah. that. So, but like I said before, you know, if 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 there is a a chance for him to bring him home, sure, come on back home. You, it would just it would have to take like a humility thing out of Hayden Hurst, understand his yeah. role and where he plays, and you know, like yo, just understand we're gonna get you to a Super Bowl. Just do this, do X Y Z, and we're gonna be good. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like that's pretty good to wrap up this segment. Y'all, uh, if comment down below your thoughts on the Hayden Hurst trade, things like that, um, check out the podcast platform if you want to hear, um, the other stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, subscribe to the Ravens content, that kind of thing. Um, but 
Let's get into it. The final segment, the best segment. Uh, this is called Is This Stupid? If you have never seen an Is This Stupid segment from Joshua and myself, I'm going to go over it real quickly um, because sometimes people do not get the memo and then they're really confused. What this is, this is Joshua does not know what the take is. Um, I bring it up, whether I've come up with it or if somebody else has sent it to me or if I've seen it somewhere like on Twitter, um, this one today was sent to me. Um I will bring up the take. I will give the explanation for why the take makes sense or why it could make sense. Um, and then I'll ask, is this stupid? And then we discuss whether or not the take is stupid. It's not a debate between us. Like I'm not like debating on the side of the take not being stupid. It, it's a discussion between us after the original explanation for the take is given. Um, and in the comments, please let us know down below. How stupid do you think the take is? Or if you're like, wow, this is kind of secretly a brilliant take. Um, but with that said, um, so I said this one was sent to me on Twitter. If y'all ever have one, send them to me on Twitter. It's not Trust the Bank. It's at TTB underscore Raven. Still haven't changed that. Got to change that. Um, but this one comes from Mixing Buddha. Let's see. Um, two. At Mixing Buddha 2 on Twitter. And it says... This is wild, Joshua. This one's this is this is the wildest one that we have uh, ever gotten. Snap. Like okay. man, this one was wild. And I was like, you know what? It's it's entertaining enough to where we could talk about it. All right, I'm ready. All right, here we go. I was infuriated after the 2019 playoff loss to the Titans, mainly because I consider Lamar a unique talent, and I don't like wasting opportunities. I suggested right after that maybe we should take out LJ for the first half of games and let him only play the second half. The logic being the backup quarterback probably wouldn't be beating the opponent, so Lamar and Giro would have to learn to come from behind. I think this would help us out for playoffs. Yes, we came back on the Titans this year, but I consider that more of bad coaching by Vrabel uh, or okay, but I consider that to be more of the bad coaching by Mike Vrabel um, than us getting over the hump. I think until we can learn to do what Mahomes and Brady have done with regards to playoff comebacks, we are in trouble. My point is to simulate the situation we need to overcome so we can develop muscle memory. I feel like this is my version of your Is This Stupid segment. Now, Joshua. We should bench Lamar Jackson for the first half of games. Is this stupid? What you talking about, McConnell? <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was the wildest one we've ever gotten. We should, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at y'all, crazy man. Mixing, mixing Buddha too. Listen, you you definitely hit this one on the nail. Uh, first of all, that's what you got practice for. Second of all, um, you talking about you want to bring up. Tom Brady and Patty Mahomes. I'm talking about two gunslingers. Um, and then let's not let's not forget with Tom Brady, the GOAT. Um, you know, he was in a offense, he was in a system where you where you could take anybody and make happen and make something happen. You know, you just had to have some type of talent, some type of ability, and we gonna run it to perfection. Um, I definitely want to say Mike Vrabel had uh, was a bad coach, you know, this past playoffs. He is that old-style coach. I'm going to beat you with what I've been doing 
all year long. Got to respect it. You know, you got a running back like Derek Henry. You got, you know, uh, I forgot, I forgot their quarterback name. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. No, that that guy. You know, play yeah. action, play action king. You know, next to Joe Flacco. <laughs> and then you got an AJ Brown. Let's let's. I mean, let's 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 take out Corey Davis. You got AJ Brown. You know, and um, John U. Smith. You know, you had a good. They had a good little formula that led them to the playoffs. But to say, let's take Lamar Jackson out for the first half and and figure it out. And then come 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 back in the second half. Nah, man, I can't do that. No, no, I'm mean, sorry. I can't is that, that not the most disrespectful thing you could ever do to an opposing team? Like, imagine you walk in. Maybe we're playing. Maybe we're playing Cincinnati, and we're like, we're benching Lamar Jackson to start this game. The disrespect to not, do that. Not even benching Lamar. Let's let's put the whole second team in. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're oh yeah. Since, yeah, this is a preseason game. Like, like I get it. Like, yeah, sure, getting those reps, but that has to come naturally. Um, you, like the re- the reason why this Ravens team is so good is because they're out in front so often. Like, that's what makes this team so great. Like, the floor for this team is so much higher than almost every other team. Like, mm-hmm. like even with the Chiefs. Chiefs start slow a lot of the times. Like, yeah, they do have to come back. You know, they're able to do it. Like, they're a really good football team. They're able to come back. But the Ravens come out, and a lot of times, you know, it's just like, oh, wow, look, it's 21 to nothing in the first quarter. And then maybe the score finishes, and it's like 31 to 24. And, like, they kind of came back. But, like, the Ravens just come out swinging, and it's so hard to stop initially. Um, and that's because Lamar, like teams have to get used to playing against Lamar. They, they realize, oh no, our whole defensive strategy didn't work. And maybe at halftime they adjust and they're able to kind of contain them. Um, in the second half, but also the Ravens completely shortened the playbook in the second half and they, they don't throw anymore. Um, but like, it has to be something that comes natural. And, and Lamar Jackson has shown in the natural course of, of so many games, he is able to make big time plays. Um, you know, when you talk about being able to come back. That's, you know, okay. The first thing is, if you need to come back, especially when you have as good of an offense as the Ravens have had, mm-hmm. um, you know, high-scoring offense the last two seasons, when you when you have that, if you have to come back, that means your offense isn't working in general. So it's going to become more difficult to be able to score points. Whereas if we, you know, if we did this idea and we subbed in Lamar Jackson at halftime, yeah, maybe we'd be down by 14 and maybe the team wouldn't be very good. But like, we wouldn't be down 14 because they were stopping our offense. The The whole problem is like we need to figure out, okay, how to counter the counters that they are doing against our offense that's slowing us down. It's not yeah. that you know Lamar can't. When Lamar's playing against a team that's struggling to stop him, he makes big plays. Look at what happened um, when we played against the 49ers, um, the 8-1 and 49ers. We go out there. We need a game winner. Boom, march down the field, end all the clock, game winner for Justin Tucker. Um, look at what happened when he walks out onto the field against Cleveland. Like that was a massive play. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that was Cleveland wasn't like really stopping Lamar, but it was a big time moment. And it's just as big as a comeback moment. A comeback just means that your offense is struggling because you're because the defense has kind of figured you out. Um, and like so, and that's so rare that it ever happens. It happened against Cleveland um week four um, of 2019, it happened against Kansas City. Every time we've played them, except for Lamar's rookie year, um, and it happened against uh, 
I can't remember. Was it the San Diego Chargers back then um, in the playoffs, or was it L.A.? I, maybe I think it was the first year of L.A. I think. It, was, it was San Diego. The, the was it San Diego in the playoffs? 2020, 2012, yeah, yeah. The Road to Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm talking oh, okay. about um, 2018. 2018 playoffs. The, the yeah, horrible. Yeah we, yeah, yeah, we can go with that one, too. Yeah. But, like, people, people criticize that game. And it's like, oh, he couldn't come back. He almost did. He almost did come back. If it weren't for it, I believe it was a Joey Bosa strip sack. I believe the Ravens were attempting to tie the game uh, as the game was kind of, there was like a minute and a half left. Um, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs game um, in 2019. The Ravens are getting destroyed. The Ravens almost came back. I think they only lost by like a few points. Uh, but like they, they all of a sudden, like they've been able to pick it up and get it together. Um, the Cleveland game, I don't think that uh, it sort of happened we had a very late touchdown pass to Willie Sneed that went down the sideline but like it still comes back uh we didn't get to see that opportunity against Buffalo uh but like you know we've seen like that's when they open up the playbook fully um you know Lamar Jackson just they're like all right Lamar you you go past happy you go crazy and you try and come back and they have like that's the thing have they won the game no, they've been in too big of holes to overcome. Mm-hmm. But like you, we saw what happened against Indianapolis. They were stifling our offense the entire first half. We, yeah, we got a we got a pick six by I believe Chuck Clarkey. You know he hurdled Philip Rivers, uh, got the touchdown, um, and I can't remember. Maybe we were tied or we were down by three at that point going into half. The second half we came out. There were some adjustments. Our offense played significantly better in that second half. Like. We're still making the adjustments. I think people over are overrating the idea that, you know, oh, wait, we can't come back. This team wasn't built to come back, and that's fine. Like, that's completely okay. Like, obviously, you'd love to be able to come back. You know, that that's a key part. But the whole point of this offense, it is designed to go all in on the gas pedal and ride it the entire time. You leave that cinder block on the pedal – and yeah. honestly, you can hop on the top of the car, I don't know, yeah. do some Mad Max, you know, Fury Road type of stuff, and you do not stop. You know, you just go full throttle. And if that doesn't win it for you, it's unfortunate, but that means that they had a better game plan. And, you know, we look at the Ravens record over the last, you know, few years. Ravens have had the better game plan almost every single game they've played. And, you know, when you play and you're Patrick Mahomes and, you know, and the Chiefs, it's the best comparative example because people are like, <coughs> Look at what Patrick Mahomes did in the 2019 uh, playoffs. Yeah, the 2019 playoffs. Or maybe it's the 2020 playoffs. Whatever. The one where he came back and he won the Super Bowl and he he came back by 10-plus points in every game. It's like, why don't the Ravens do that? Why would we ever want to be down? That is not, you know, the whole thing about the Chiefs offense, it's lightning in a bottle. Tyreek Hill can burn you over the top at any point in time. Patrick Mahomes can make any throw over the top at any point in time. Miko Hardman, take anything he makes to the house. The Ravens the Ravens didn't build their team like that. They, they decided to go with a different strategy, which was to get ahead and stay ahead, whereas the Chiefs are building a strategy to outscore you. And when you have the outscore you mentality, um, if your offense struggles lightly at the beginning and you're, you don't have a great defense, other people can do it. But the Ravens built up a great defense. They said, we're going to hold you to a few points. We're going to have a really good offense that can control the game the entire time. It's really the same strategy that the Ravens employed back with Joe Flacco. It's just a heck of a lot better. Um, 
you know, with Flacco, it was like, yeah, we have a good defense. We can continue. And the Ravens would win like 17 to 14. Now, though, most of the time it's like, oh, wow, the Ravens offense put up 40. And they're good. They're really good defense. Allowed you to have 17 points. And it's like, boom, check, Matt. What did I even just say? I meant to say checks mix, which I say instead of saying checkmate, but I said check Matt. I don't even <laughs> I don't even know what that was, but but yeah, Lamar Jet like comebacks, they have to occur naturally, but this team isn't built to come back. And that's okay, because if we built a team to come back, it would have to be a much more pass happy. It wouldn't utilize Lamar's strengths. And mm-hmm. How many times have we ever had like opportunities for comebacks, Joshua? Like a legit comeback, not like being down seven points. No, nah, like three. Yeah, maybe about three times, man. It's, like, like it's like going to a boxing match. Who lets someone beat up on them for four or five rounds? I I know what they're going to do. Next thing you know, I'm away. You I'm I don't wage you down. Now I'm gonna knock you out in the eighth round. No, usually boxers in the first round they see. They see your game plan. They see what you want to do. And then by the second or third round, they're looking to knock you out. And that's the way we play our game, man. I mean, yeah, we come in, you know, we'll fill you out, you know, around the first quarter, maybe those, you know, that first, that first, uh, that first uh, run a couple plays. Next thing you know, we come out the second time. All right, boom, touchdown. I think it was only yeah. one team that hold us in the first quarter from scoring points. I forgot. Which game it was? I think it was like I last think it year. was the Colts game. That would okay. be my assumption. Was it was the Colts game? Okay. Um, but yeah. But like you know, like you said, we came back out in the second half. We made those adjustments. And the thing you know, the thing I like about you know Lamar versus Flacco, at least Lamar looks at the uh, the tablet and dissects and talks to yeah. his OC versus you know Joe. Joe will get on the sideline, you know, drink some water, drink some greater rape. Won't you talk to his uh won't you talk to his guys like hey man we gonna when you say hey man we're gonna get it back hey don't worry about it no Lamar is hyping everybody up he telling everybody it's my that's my that's my fault it's my bad we're gonna get yeah. it back a defense you know my fault forget for putting y'all back out on the field so soon I, and know, he says worry. he says give me the ball back I promise you I'm gonna score mm-hmm. and they have the confidence that if they do get the ball back he will score we did not have that confidence with Flacco. We talked about that in the live stream. <laughs> we get a yeah, pick, man. and Flacco can't big, score. It's a big up. It's a big upgrade. So you know, if I had to be that team that you know that gets out there, hits the ground running, you know, gets those get those points uh, quick, fast, and early, fine. So be it. I had one of the best defenses. You know, that probably just that would probably give you you know seventeen if they two gas maybe twenty four. You know, but I can live with that because now we are a 30 plus, we are 30 plus point uh, team now. I don't remember the last time in Ravens history we was that team, you know, to yeah. really dominate. We've never been there. Yeah. You know, it usually as a Ravens fan growing up, it used to be, oh, it's 17 14. Oh, it's 10 9. You know, scores like that. It, it was so bad. I damn it didn't want to go to school the next day. Yeah, <laughs> that so, analogy you gave was perfect. The boxing analogy, and I, I'm gonna take it a step further. The Ravens, I think, are, are playing the Floyd Mayweather type. And if you don't like boxing, uh, I'm sorry, everybody. 
it, it's a it's a fun sport to watch. I'm Very sorry, so. I'm going to give that analogy. I like giving other sports analogies. Somebody commented that they were disappointed. I gave a basketball analogy. You know what? For, I'm giving other sports analogies. Looking forward to the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. Oh man. Hopefully, we don't see the Gypsy King drinking more blood during the fight because that was that was wild, um, especially during the middle of the pandemic. But um, but like, you look at it, we're we're looking at we're taking advice from the best boxer of this generation, Floyd Mayweather. What does Floyd Mayweather do? He he kind of he doesn't go all in. He just he kind of glides around everybody, waits you out, and then eventually, you know, you know maybe he'll knock you out, you know, in the later rounds, or he'll just win by you know. You know, he'll win by voting and things like that. He's, mm-hmm. he's going to know your game. He's going to play his strategy. And I think a lot of Ravens fans want you know, A lot of people don't like Floyd Mayweather because he does that, because he is smart. He's not going to come out, uh, you know, arms swinging, trying to knock everybody out in the first round. Yeah. A lot of people want us to play like the most entertaining boxer in the history of boxing, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson went out there and he was going to hit you harder than anybody's ever hit you in your dang life. Uh, and he was going to try and knock you out. He's going to knock your teeth in. Uh, I, I believe there's also, I've been seeing um, NBA playoffs. Uh, they've been like advertising this new Mike Tyson documentary, probably similar to The Last Dance. Uh, probably going to be pretty interesting. So um, y'all keep your eyes out for that. But like Mike Tyson was going to go out there and he was going to try and knock you out as hard as he could at all times. He was he was going for the knockout. So it made him so entertaining. He didn't win every time. He tried to be flashy. But like the whole th- the whole thing with Mike Tyson, the idea that people would say was basically Mike Tyson would beat every bad fighter he fought against. If you were not at Mike Tyson's level, there was no way that you were going to win. But if Mike Tyson fought a really good fighter, they they would move around, they, they would beat him, and like yeah, he'd be beat. And and that's the thing is you look at the Chiefs. They're Mike Tyson, Tyreek Hill. You know, they're going to hit you at all times, you know, all of a sudden. But then they go up against a really good offense. And it's like, oh, yeah, like they're going to beat every bad team. The Chiefs are. Uh, But if they play against that team that's really good and they have that really good offense, all of a sudden they're able to like maybe they struggle a bit. Like they played against the Raiders and people may say the Raiders are a bad team. I wouldn't 100% disagree with you, but the Raiders have a really good offense. The Chiefs don't have a defense. That offense outscored the Chiefs because, you know, Mike Tyson, maybe he missed an uppercut. You know, Patrick Mahomes threw a pick. I think he threw two picks in that game. Um, And the the Raiders were able to counter, and they were able to make big plays. Whereas the Ravens, when they do it, they're like like Floyd Mayweather. Uh, You know, Floyd Mayweather never lost, that kind of thing. Obviously, the Ravens have lost, but their whole thing is like, yeah, we're going to play our game the entire time. We're not going to speed up to your pace, um, and we're going to run the football. And that's what they do, and it works so often. And they don't take those risks of being like, you know, every once in a while they do take the risk. No analogy is perfect. But, like, they try and just play their game at all times, Um, and it works. And it works really well. And every time they lose, you know, Joshua, we come out and we come on the podcast and we say the same thing. Why weren't they running the football? Why weren't they playing Ravens football? It's like they got away from it. They tried to be Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. They went up against Mahomes, and they were like, "We're gonna out punch you." No, you gotta, you gotta sidestep. You gotta glide around. You know, you gotta stall that timeout so that in the later round you can end up going out and hitting them because that's how they played the first time in 2018 against Mahomes. Yeah, they nearly did it, but you know, 1920, all of a sudden the Ravens went out and they were like, "Yeah, we're Mike Tyson." No, we gotta beat Floyd Mayweather. Hopefully that analogy made sense for the people that are watching. I'm not like I, I don't watch every boxing fight in the world. I watch the big fights. 
It's amazing to watch. I never got to watch Mike Tyson. The only time I watched Mike Tyson was in The Hangover. Um, but, <laughs> you know, and, and those uh, Mike's Lemonade commercials now. But, um, you know, and I guess I watched the old fight, you know. That was that was kind of rough, the, the yeah. grudge match fight. <laughs> but I don't know, Joshua, what do you think? Anything else to add before we wrap it up? Man, no, nah, man. We pretty much said it all, you know. Uh, Nixon Buddha, you know, I thank you for – Thank you for uh, submitting that. Is it stupid? You know, um, it's definitely interesting. Definitely was funny. Definitely, you know, got us got us talking. Of course. So you know, I love it. I love it when you know Ravens family. You know, y'all send stuff in and um, and we and, and, and let us and let us really speak on it, man. So thank you, thank you for giving us this time to share. Yes. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much, everybody. Um, make sure to come into the live stream this weekend again. I okay. So this video is coming out on Tuesday. I will I will have the um, schedule out. I'll, I'll know what time it'll be at um, the live stream, the live with the viewers. So um, at this time, probably you can DM me on Twitter um, at ttb underscore ravens if you want to join. That it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we talk about whatever. But thank you everybody for uh, watching or listening on the podcast platform. Subscribe for Daily Ravens content. Comment whether or not you think it's stupid. Joshua and I are definitely on the it's stupid train um, for this one. But you know, it, it's an entertaining discussion, um, and we will see all of you again tomorrow.